Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and I'm so glad that you're joining us, taking some of your precious time so that we can tell you more about God's plan for the ages for both Jews and Gentiles. Once again, we're going to be talking about Psalm 23, and I know that it's going to be a blessing to you. Along with me this day is Bobby Walter, and I'm so glad to have Bobby uh, with us as well. Shalom, Bobby. Shalom, Mitch, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on The Chosen People. And Mitch, like you said, today we're going to try to wrap up our little series here on Psalm 23 with the sixth and final verse from the psalm. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've just really been blessed as, honestly, our time together here on the program has forced me to really meditate upon and and think more about Psalm 23 and, and take the truths that are communicated there really to heart. And uh, I've gotten a lot out of this. Yeah, me too. Bobby, David is definitely one of my biblical heroes. I don't know how many of you out there love David. Uh, I I, want to give a a little bit of an advertisement, really, for Chuck Swindoll's book on the life of David. I teach a course at our Feinberg program, and when I teach that leadership class, one of my main textbooks is Swindoll's book about David. I mean, he is a leader's leader. There's something, a confidence, a humility, a vulnerability, and yet strength about King David that I just emulate, and I find it inspirational. Yeah, I remember taking that class, Mitch, and honestly, it was one of my favorite courses <laughs> going through the Feinberg program. I mean, it was definitely in the top 20. Out of 18 courses, that's yeah, good. Yeah, but that book on David by, <laughs> by uh, Chuck Swindoll is really one of my favorites. And one thing I loved about it is when we look at the life of David, there's nothing monolithic about it. There's nothing one way. He experienced so much in his life, extreme highs, extreme lows, and everything in between. And it's just so relational. It's something that we can really relate with as followers of Jesus today. I think that it's really important to be honest when you talk about biblical heroes, too. And that's one of the reasons I like Swindoll's books. I mean, if we start with David's fall, if we start with David's sin, uh, with Bathsheba, I mean, it it got worse and worse and worse the more you read about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that he was a king who was out of touch with the difficulties of life. He made a wrong move with Bathsheba, but he made it a hundred times worse because Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, was a faithful servant And David actually sent him to the front lines to his death because he wanted to steal his wife. I mean, it's just horror after horror. And of course, God took his child. He was judged for what he did, no doubt about it. But God uses failed and frail human beings for his glory. Now, Bobby, you're still young, you know, but that sure comforts me. (laughs) I've had more time to mess up than you. But a lot of you out there understand that life is difficult. Now, I want to talk about that for a moment, if I have some time, Bobby. The Hebrew word there for loving kindness uh, is one of my favorite words in the Bible. It's the word chesed. Mm. And chesed is sometimes translated loyalty, loving kindness, or love. But chesed 
really is very similar. It's almost synonymous with the Hebrew word chen, which is the word grace. And chesed and grace are twin sisters in many ways because you never deserve chesed. And grace, by its definition, is getting exactly what you don't deserve, Mm. (laughs) unmerited favor. It's the same in both Testaments. Grace is grace. It began with Abram, didn't it? When God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, he promised Abram in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, that he would make him a great nation. He would make his name great. He would give him a land, that he would bless him. And then in in verse 3 of Genesis 12, he says, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. If I sound excited about it, Bobby, I, I am excited. Grace is exciting. Right. Chesed is exciting. And, and the basis of God's covenant with Abraham is chesed. His loving kindness, his chesed, will never be taken away from Abram. We read over and over in various passages of the Bible. And so when God set his love upon the Jewish people, when he chose Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, he exercised his chesed, his loving kindness. And I think David knew that. In fact, that loving kindness, that mercy and grace, that loving kindness extended all the way through the Bible. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, we have what's known as the new covenant. Mm -hmm. We know that new covenant was fulfilled by Jesus. And he outright, in Luke chapter 22, states that he's fulfilling that prophecy when he gives the disciples to take of his, his cup. So grace follows people in the Bible. It follows undeserving people. It follows people who do not merit God's favor. And I want to be honest, as a Jewish believer, Jewish people are still God's chosen people, but we're not chosen because of our obedience. We're chosen because he loves us. He extends his chesed to the Jewish people. And that is why he will never forsake the Jewish people because we never deserve to be chosen and we don't deserve to stay chosen, (laughs) but he loves us. He extends his chesed. So when David says, surely, goodness, the Hebrew word tov, which can also be translated beautiful, surely goodness and covenant faithfulness and loyalty that is unmerited will follow us all the days of our lives. It followed David all the days of his life. I mean, he blew it after blew it, but it still followed him. And God's grace follows the Jewish people. You can't understand David without understanding chesed, loving kindness. Right, Mitch. So just to pause and and summarize here uh, what you're saying about chesed. It is God's love, God's mercy, God's faithfulness in the context of a covenant, in the context of a promise that he has made. And I think it's really just so powerful when we look at this word chesed and how David is using it here. It has this idea, again, of of covenant love, of God doing his part, God acting and showing love and showing grace and showing mercy according to his promises. Uh, This is powerful and meaningful for us because time and time again throughout the scripture, like you've mentioned, we as the human beings, we're not the protagonist. We're not the heroes in the story. 
uh, all the great heroes of the faith, apart from Jesus himself, all the great heroes of the faith, they messed up. Whether it was Abraham, whether it was Moses, whether it was David, uh, whether it was Peter uh, or even Paul, you know, we, we all fall short. But God is the one who steps in and demonstrates that love by taking action according to his covenant promises. And what I really love about this passage in Psalm 23, 6 is the way he says that uh, goodness, surely, right? Surely, without a doubt, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And that word in the Hebrew for follow is radaf, which means uh, not not follow in the sense of, you know, a sheep following a shepherd, but instead it's like it's like a, a, someone in the military going out and pursuing someone that they're going to overtake. So for David to use these words, uh, it's very intentional. It's very strong language. Goodness and loving kindness are going to pursue me all the days of my life. And again, God does this for his chosen, whether it's his chosen nation Israel. I, I believe, I'm convinced that God is still pursuing that nation according to his covenant promises. Absolutely. And he pursues us too. And that's loving kindness, Bobby. He loves us, not because we deserve it, but because he chose to love us. And Mitch, I've really enjoyed our time going through Psalm 23, but we still have a little bit more to cover. Absolutely. Uh, at the very end, the, the tail end of, of the psalm in verse 6, David gives this hopeful glimpse of what he's looking forward to. He says, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this David here, he has like this, uh, this eternal view in mind of God's blessings coming to pass uh, forever and ever and ever, and him dwelling in that place, in that kingdom kind of place. We mentioned chesed and the covenant context of chesed. And I think it's also important as we sort of close out Psalm 23 to talk a bit about the Davidic covenant, that promise that David received from God about this kingdom, about this future, about this, this eternal dwelling place. So in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16, we get this promise. And what's interesting here is that David receives this promise, but what's included is this descendant of David, this special descendant of David who will ultimately be the king, who will rule and reign on the throne that will be established by God forever and ever and ever. And really, that's special descendant when we come to the New Testament. You know, honestly, even before that, when we come to the prophets, we get more and more glimpses and more and more information about this descendant of David, who ultimately would be the Messiah. In Ezekiel 37, he's described as this king, this descendant of David, who will be the shepherd over the entire nation of Israel. And then, of course, when we come to the New Testament... When we read about that in the Gospels, we see him presented to us in many ways as that seed of David. I, I mean, honestly, even the way that the New Testament opens up in Matthew 1.1, Matthew begins by saying, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the son of David, and the son of Abraham. Absolutely. And when Jesus returns, he'll return as the son of David to Jerusalem to set up his rightful throne and demonstrate that the promise that Nathan gave to David, that they would never lack someone on, to sit on the throne of David, that will be Jesus. He will sit on that throne. 
And so I can't imagine that David didn't know about this covenant when he was writing Psalm 23. There were so many parallels. And so what was David's hope? Practically speaking, that his kingdom would last forever, that he would have a son on the throne forever, and that he would dwell in the presence of the Lord forever himself. And I think we see that Jesus, upon his return, will establish his kingdom. I believe it'll last for a thousand years based upon the book of Revelation, and we'll see if I'm right. And, uh, but after that, we will enter the eternal state that is described in the book of Revelation with the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And I think David, he may not have known all of these facts because last time I checked, David never had the book of Revelation to read. <laughs> but I think he had the covenant and he understood that because of God's loving kindness and grace, nothing could take this promise away from him or from his descendants. And so I think David had a complete, solid expectation that he would dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Forever. And we have that same hope, don't we? We do. We do, even to this very moment. Absolutely. David writes, mercy and goodness will follow you. Chesed and beauty, the Hebrew word tov again, all the days of your life. They will constantly pursue you, even when you stray from the sheepfold. God has extended an invitation for you, my dear friend, to dwell in his house forever. And all you have to do is receive this truth and allow him, Jesus, Yeshua, to lead you as your great shepherd. Experience his chesed now by accepting him as your Messiah and Lord. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. There is a growing movement of the Holy Spirit among second-generation young adults, and we have a great ministry to these folks. There are hundreds of them. There's a beautiful commercial center, two and a half times the size of what we have now that'll seat over 150 people. We have space for children's work. We have space for a cafe. And so pray over the center. We'd love to have you come on a chosen people trip. But I know that you'll want to be involved in one way or another to help the gospel go out in power to Israel. To learn more about this new exciting project, visit chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. That's chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. Partner with us to bring the love of Yeshua to Israel today. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Here at Chosen People Ministries, we hear from a lot of Jewish people who have found the Messiah. And right now, we'd like to share one of those stories with you. I was born in Montreal into a Jewish family. My grandparents had immigrated from Russia. My dad was in the Canadian Air Force and he was with the Canadian and British forces when they liberated Bergen-Belsen. I identified very, very strongly with being Jewish, but not religious. I did have a bar mitzvah, went through the public school system in Montreal, went to McGill University, and then, as any Jewish mother would want, became a doctor establish a practice, taught, and I lived there very comfortably for, you know, very successfully for a long time, expecting nothing more than to stay there for, for the rest of my life. 
until things really started to turn sour in Quebec and with anti-Semitism and other things that were going on. My grandfather, my mother's father, nicest man, kind heart, he had walked into the post office, he needed to mail a letter, and they refused to speak to him. I remember him in our kitchen in tears. Uh, it, just, it just didn't sit well with me. I decided that's not where I wanted to live, not where I wanted to raise a family. Picked up, left Montreal, and ended up in the Bible Belt in Texas. Well, I found myself down in Dallas, bought a practice. I was introduced to the staff. One woman in particular stands out, and she walked over and she said, so tell me about yourself. I was very wrapped up in myself at that time. I had achieved a lot, traveled and, and lectured all over the world. Religion really wasn't part of my life. I wasn't used to people basing their lives on religion. I wasn't used to people with spiritual backgrounds. And that was her. There was something about her. There was a, a peace. There was a, a solidity. Something that she had in her that I didn't have. Jesus was something, some concept that I knew that Christians ascribed to that was out there. But as far as I was concerned, I was Jewish, I was doing what I was, I was on my own path. The more she told me about Jesus, about God, the more I started to understand that this is something that I probably needed. You know, setting up a new life in a, in a strange city at that stage in my life was a major challenge. Um, and I was fearful and I was apprehensive and there were a lot of things that I was struggling with in trying to get myself established and yet there was this rock that she stood firmly on and it was something that I really felt that I needed as well. And at one point she actually asked me, she says, don't you think you should give God credit for some of, some of the, the things that you've accomplished? And I very seriously thought about it for a little bit and I said, well, I suppose I could give God some of the credit. Don and I were married in 2010, and for our first anniversary, after some back and forth, we decided that we would go to Israel. The gentleman who was actually our tour leader was a very, very, he was a, a, a Messianic Jew, had grown up in a traditional home, much like I had, and he took us from site to site and described everything really in a Jewish context. You know, everything was relating to the Bible, everything was relating to Jesus, more of and more of it started to register. It became, it started to become real. We were at the Western Wall, and as I started to pray, this overwhelming, I would, this overwhelming presence enveloped me. It was a heat, it was a pressure, it was like somebody had his arms around me. I heard a voice, you're home, I've brought you back where you belong, you're safe. I felt just a tremendous, tremendous sense of peace, a tremendous sense of rest. And I was convinced there was, I mean, there was no question that this was a, this was a very real experience for me. But you need to, under, you know, you know, as a Jew, we had always been brought up to, to believe that, you know, if you're going to be Jewish, you cannot believe in Jesus. You cannot believe in Yeshua. And so I went to our tour leader that morning and I asked him, I said, I have some questions for you because he had grown up in a traditional Jewish home and now here he was a believer and a Messianic Jew and I needed to know how, you know, how do you do this? When he explained to me that you can believe, you can accept Jesus as your Messiah and doing so doesn't mean that you have to relinquish being Jewish. You do not have to give up being Jewish in order to believe. It was literally like somebody turned on a light switch. 
on that Friday night, which happened to have been the first night of Purim, of all the places to be saved, I mean, if you wrote a script for that, I can't think of any better place that I would like to have been. Um, I accepted Yeshua, I accepted Jesus as my Messiah. I looked at Donna and say like, I've got it too. I'm standing on that same rock that she was standing on. So it's not just the two of us, it's the two of us and Yeshua as well. Have you ever wanted to visit Israel, but you've not been able to travel there yet? Well, right now, we have a wonderful book with some of the best photos of the land taken by Lawrence Hirsch, the director of Celebrate Messiah, our partner ministry in Australia. This book is the perfect gift for anyone who wants to feel as though they've journeyed through the snow-capped peaks of Mount Hermon, the fortress of Masada, Jaffa, and everywhere in between. This beautiful coffee table book contains 70 of the most captivating photos of Israel that you'll ever see. And it's available right now. To request your free copy of Israel, the Land, and the People by Lawrence Hirsch, just go to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or request the photo book, Israel, the Land, and the People, when you call 888-2-YESHUA. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks for letting us know you're listening. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom, dear friends. This is Mitch Glazer again from Chosen People Ministries. I want to tell you about a new program that we have for outreach that every Christian can be involved in. If you love the Jewish people, then you're going to love this program because it's going to give you the opportunity to share directly with Jewish people who will be staying in your home. That's right. You will be the host because we have started a program called HostIsraelis.com. There's a cultural phenomena in Israel. Young people go into the army and get out when they're usually about 22, sometimes a little younger, sometimes a little older. And after they get out of the army, they travel. And they love traveling to very different places all over the globe, from Latin America to Asia to North America. And so we started HostIsraelis.com. That's a website where you can go and find out more about how to host Israelis in your home. And it's wonderful because we have training. uh, We have opportunities for you to list your home. And I'm sure you'll find a lot of information available so that you can host an Israeli traveling through the United States and show them the love of Jesus uh, through the way you speak with them, through your hospitality. Uh, You might even feed them once in a while or help them see the sights around your home. You're going to have a wonderful opportunity to love on these Israeli young people through HostIsraelis.com. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. To learn more about this weekly program, or how you can connect with us today, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And when you reach out, we'll send you a free photo book of Israel. This spectacular coffee table book presents the history, the beauty, and the culture of the land of Israel from the snow-capped peaks of Mount Hermon to the fortress of Masada to the modern Tel Aviv and so much more. Lawrence Hirsch's book makes a great gift for the upcoming holiday season. So request your free copy today. It's available online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. 
Or you can ask for the photo book today when you call us at 888-2-YESHUA. That number again is 888-293-7482. And now let's wrap up today's message with the Aaronic Benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.